Hello everyone, welcome to You, Me, Them, Everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. This episode with Jack Inslee is all about Blink of an Eye, a documentary about Michael Waltrip and Dale Earnhardt, and Dale Earnhardt Jr. Um, if you're listening to this because you think we have any idea of what we're talking about when it comes to racing, stop now. Uh, Jack and I are NASCAR novices, uh, to say the least. We watched this because the last sports documentary we watched, Senna, um, made us want to watch more about racing, a sport we know very, very little about, and I think both of us have a newfound appreciation for quite possibly the most dangerous sport in America, not counting American football. The reason why we started doing this series is because we both miss sports quite a bit, so we started with The Last Dance, and pretty much every week since then we've discussed a sports documentary. Here we are. This film is available on Tubi, which is a free site. Uh, use it. Uh, abuse it. I don't know what I'm talking about. It's there. It's free. So is this podcast. Uh, if you are still gainfully employed, please consider donating to our Patreon account. Uh, every cent helps for obvious pandemic reasons. You could do that at youmethemeverybody.com in this podcast description on our about page. Uh, lots of other places. Here's Jack Inslee and I talking about something we know very, very, very little about. And if you're a NASCAR fan, I apologize already. Blink of an eye. What do you think of the title, Blink of an Eye? Could have been better. Yeah, the title is so bad because it's so generic. I keep forgetting what it's called. I yeah, had to exactly. Google it before this interview. I was like, what the fuck was that movie called again? So what would you title it? Oh, man. Yeah, right? Know. It's not an know. easy thing to title. I mean, I, <laughs> informally, Dale. <laughs> yeah, but there's already a Dale. And it's not I really know, about Dale. It's about Walter but, almost as much as it's about Dale. No, it is. But it's also kind of the definitive Dale doc. Is it? Um, I think so. Because like, you've seen so many Dale docs. I mean, it, it seems as if there haven't been many that were made. There have been um, a few. Yeah, 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 yeah. But nothing that really, like, seems to have gotten any great amount of attention and i don't know i get it after this film which is really good i don't Hold on, know which what is or isn't no there I, i'm saying there aren't other dale docs this film was very good okay. and after this i think what more do we need on dale i got enough here i, I would love to know otherwise. i would have i would love to have a jordan documentary that's not about jordan whatsoever and all about the business part of the jordan everything yeah, and I would fair. love the same with Earnhardt. That is kind of um, brought up a few times in the film how he was this real businessman building an empire. Yeah, um, but we don't really get any of the how the sausage is made with that. You yeah, you get very, very little of it because he because Earnhardt brings on Waltrip. So if you're listening to this at this point, you probably know that blink of an eye, the most generic name documentary that we've ever discussed is mm -hmm. about the death of Dale Earnhardt, but also about how Michael Waltrip was essentially brought on into Dale Earnhardt's orbit. And um, it's a documentary that's for free on Tubi. Did you watch it on Tubi? Yeah, with commercial breaks and all. I baby. love Tubi. I'm a huge Tubi guy now. I'm, I'm a Tubi man. Um, I think it's worth your time. It is definitely worth your time. And uh, I think it's especially worth your time if you know nothing about NASCAR mm -hmm. like I did. It definitely was a, a good soft intro into that world. Yeah. Maybe it was easy for me because we had just watched a racing doc, um, Senna. Yeah. But yeah, I learned I learned a lot about NASCAR. It's a huge world. 
So it's called Blink of an Eye because in 2011, Michael Waltrip released a book entitled In the Blink of an Eye. Really? But that still is a bad title. And (laughs) I still don't know what I would name it. Anything but that. Now, Um, the only reason why we watch this is, like you said, um, because of Senna. And according to Racers, which is a magazine, I'm assuming, Eric Johnson called the film NASCAR's answer to Senna. And I would agree completely. Yep. Yeah, without a doubt. Senna is a way better film, but that does not make this a bad film. Senna is a way better... Correct. I I, I agree with both of those things. I think Michael Waltrip is one of the better documentary interview subjects I've seen in quite some time. Yeah. Um, He comes ready to go. Yeah, and also he's no longer racing, which I think gives him a, a... But he's doing commentary for Fox Sports, so he's got a good distance from... The being behind the wheel versus understanding all the aspects around it. Does that make sense? It does. And what is apparent from kind of following his life and career is this guy's always been a publicity genius. Oh, yeah. Um, Oh, yeah. So that just makes him even better on camera and on mic throughout this doc. He lays his soul bare. He recounts stories very well Mm -hmm. and colors those stories very well. It was good. It was a really good film. I would venture to say that this is the exact opposite uh, quality type of... T- <laughs> trying to phrase this correctly. It's obvious. I'm obviously not doing a good job. Majority of these documentaries, the first hour, the first 30 minutes, that's where it's really great. And then it sort of falls off. Where I think this is the exact opposite, where the first 30 minutes of this, I'm like, this isn't doing it for me. And then we get our Dale chunk, and I'm like, I'm all in. Yeah, no question. Once Dale enters the picture, you're like, this guy fucking rocks. You you know how it's going to end, so you're like, how does this end? Um, and this is the second doc in a row where we watch a man die on screen, but the dude. footage does not seem as horrible as all the other crashes in the film. Absolutely. Weird. Although it's kind of implied that, like, whereas Senna just sort of had a spinal he didn't look bad. <laughs> When the guy recounts going to see Dale, it sure. seems like it was kind of gory and gross. So if it's okay with you, I'd like to go this through this film as the film itself. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. One of the earliest things we see on screen is Waltrip, and he says, we're going to leave this world when we leave it. And that is true, but I wonder if that's a driver, like survivalism 101, or is this a coping mechanism because of the death of Dale Earnhardt? Oh, this film is his therapy session. He also says he's never been to therapy, and he probably should be. This was therapy, and I think that is a coping mechanism. I mean, do you think he had that? Do you think he had that going into racing? No. Okay. Whereas I think Senna did, because of Senna's, uh, he was religious. Okay. Um, This bothered me, but it also gave me great joy because, like I said, the first half hour, I'm like. I'm paying attention for sure, but I'm just not loving it the same way you loved Senna instantly. At the 10 minute and 41 second mark, Waltrip says, Dad was a Pepsi man. Do you remember this? <laughs> yeah. And so I instantly I paused. I was like, Pepsi man? Does, does he mean like he was in AA? Or does he mean he was like a Pepsi delivery driver? Did he work for Pepsi? What does that mean? This was about when his brother was becoming a professional driver and his parents helped his brother out a little bit. And... I didn't know what a Pepsi man was. So I started Googling the term Pepsi man, trying to figure out if that was just a code for I'm friends with Al. No, I'm assuming he worked for Pepsi, but there was a Pepsi man video game. What? From Japan. And it's, it was one of the few successful, like 
video games about a product. The most, maybe the most famous would be the Burger King game that was for the PlayStation One. This is not what he was referring to. No, but... this is absolutely not at all what he was referring to. But I'm going to ping this over to you. This is how I deep dove, and I just paused and like did about ten minutes of research on Pepsi Man. <laughs> Because that's how much I was enjoying this doc at the time. In other words, not very much. <laughs> so I'm reading about Pepsi Man in one of the best documentaries of all time about NASCAR. Oof. That's a pacing problem with a film, huh? Right? And then I'm like... Pepsi Man game looks great, by the way. Pepsi Man is amazing. Uh, the, during this moment of time, the next 10 minutes of the film, we sort of learn how one becomes a driver. And I want to know if there are any good books, films, whatever, about the comparisons between becoming a professional race car driver and becoming an American politician. Oh, man. You know, that's a really, really good point and parallel to bring up because I had that same sort of feeling mm-hmm. where it's like, let's go through it with him. The, he, his brother is one of the best NASCAR drivers of all time. Yeah, he's also won Daytona. Um, right. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I went on a dive and kind of went on racing sites where they do their kind of like the equivalent of top 50 basketball players ever. And his brother, Daryl Waltrip, is considered one of the best racers of all time. Um, So that's a good start, right? And then it's like at every point in his career, it comes down to sponsors, mm-hmm. which comes down to relationships, mm-hmm. which comes down to politics. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's really as true in other sport. No, certainly it can't not. be. No, it can't be. I mean, there, there's some of that, kind of. There are politics and sports, for sure, in circles you run in and prep Absolutely. schools you're in. and But this is different and weirder. But that's part of the sport. Definitely. And I want to revisit the kind of bigger question we had about racing as sport during the Senadoc. I think to refine kind of my thing here, it's like, can something be a sport and not athletics? Can somebody be a sportsman and not an athlete? So, um, yeah, but I think that these people are athletes. What do what do they have to do to their body to train? I want to know Other the heart rate stuff. Practice. I, I want to know how. Yeah, their heart rate stuff, their how many calories they burn during Dude, the Daytona. Dude, take one look at Dale. This guy is doing nothing but slamming beers and fishing in his off time, and then he shows up to race. Yeah, but this is in the 80s and 90s and early aughts. Like, so was Larry Bird. No, none of these racers are hitting the gym. None of them are. Now look at I, him. I look at him now. Do you think that there are workout routines oh, yeah. for race car drivers? Yes, I do. Now and in 2020. Muscles and sorry, stuff? 2021. Yes, absolutely. All right. I think that they're more in shape than any golfer. Okay, yeah, that's a good point. I think they're as in shape as the majority of NHL players. Nah. More in shape than majority no of baseball players. No way. Yeah, for sure. One hundred percent. Yes. Just I watched this film and couldn't help feel like these were just, you know, like I said. Dude slamming buds and then just like I mean, do you think many of them drove drunk in on the track or in life on the tr- on the track? Maybe not drunk, but maybe like a beer or two to take the nerves down. No, never. But I do think never. no. I shouldn't say never. Never during qualifying or the actual race. 
Okay. You don't think so. But I would say 100% in off hours and we're at the track. Fuck oh, it. Oh, yeah. I think these Hell guys yeah. are probably wasted when they're driving in their regular lives. You're making giant jumps here. I am. I totally am. Um, I don't think so. I think you probably Maybe can't... I'm just talking about Dale. <laughs> yeah. Do... I think that the appeal of Dale Earnhardt might be the most obvious other than like Jordan and Bo Jackson. Yeah, man. What a cool, a seemingly cool dude. Like I get it almost instantly. You don't have that with everyone. And I didn't. I mean, I grew up knowing who he was. Mm-hmm. I grew up seeing the black number three car as like a toy and stuff. I just, it was alien to me. Totally. And it takes all of maybe 120 seconds of him on screen in this doc. And I'm like, I get it. Totally get it. Yo, yeah. Early, right when we're getting introduced to Dale, we hear Dale never backed down from anything. And I kept thinking, is that good? Or does that make him a dangerous driver? Oh, he was definitely a dangerous driver. That's what I was thinking. I was like, this is bad. But the it, way they're describing him where it's like, oh, yeah, he'll, he'll go off track. He'll cut somebody off. I'm yeah. like, yeah, that's bad. That's not good. But did that make him? Okay. So his death is tragic. No doubt about it. The way he dies protecting his son and his teammate is like crazy. It's Shakespearean, but... It's very Shakespearean. Would anyone else have been bumped in the same way if, if it wasn't Dale Earnhardt? Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. What I was thinking more is it is not really a cool strategy to begin with, to cut other people off to protect your other two teammates for like winning. It's never really it been just, done. No, and it shouldn't be done because it disrupts the natural flow of a race. So he has already kind of fucked up the balance of how these things are supposed to go. There's a, there's a dance, there's a choreography mm-hmm. to this, right? And he's disrupted that by doing something out of the norm where it's like, Oh, I'm just going to hold third on purpose and block everybody else. So that, you know, that's yeah, he it's, it's crazy. It is crazy, but also way. like, why not? That's not technically, these are, these are like unwritten rules. So why not? Yeah. What else is he going to do? He's. It's also. It's seemingly never been done. Obviously, Jack and I don't know what the hell we're talking about. If you, if you're listening <laughs> to this and you're a huge NASCAR fan, you already have decided whether we're idiots or we're on the right track. But for the majority of people listening that don't follow NASCAR, I think we're we're sort of explaining what's happening here. Yeah, I have no idea. I'm just kind of repeating what they say in the film. But the the things about respect and all that and the intimidator, I get it. I totally get it. I love that almost all of these guys, at least until the death of Earnhardt, look exactly how you want them to look. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a guy named Humpy Wheeler, for Christ's sake. That's come on. <laughs> there's a tidbit. There's like a good chunk of the film about why Dale Earnhardt wears like a non face mask helmet. Yeah, which is like such a badass, dumbest fuck thing. Yeah. It seems like it's more, it's like incredibly dangerous, but like maybe that helps them race. I don't know. That's what I mean. You've already made up your mind if you like follow NASCAR and you're listening to this. And I hope I'm not poo pooing over something you love. I don't know. I kind of like, I, I, I came away from this really wanting to tailgate and go to a Indy 500. Oh, yeah. I was like, I'm into this. I get it. Yeah. I, I never understood it. Um, and I think I understand it after these two films a lot more. And yeah. I think I would like to give it another shot. Um, I would love a doc on Richard Petty. Oh yeah, we don't get we don't get nearly enough of one of the best like intros in a doc 
where they're kind of like prepping for his interview and Waltrip stops and he's like, I, I just want to thank yeah. you for being here, man. Like you're the coolest. And yeah. It was really well done. That intro. He looks like the coolest wrestler ever. Oh yeah. I'm convinced that a lot. Of, I think Richard Petty was in it, was at a WrestleMania. Let me look this up. Will you? We talk. I'm he pretty has sure he was. Been. He's 83 right now. Um, Looks great in the dock. Just hard to describe, but you know, a, a kind of cowboy hat with some feathers in it, and these really awesome sunglasses, and he just looks like a, he looks like a, like a shaman, like a racing shaman, um, and we don't yeah. get much of him in the film, though. Well, that's the thing. I think we are supposed to know that this is a sport built off of respect. And what Waltrip does, essentially putting Petty over at the start. And the through lines with all these guys' stories is so wonderful and familial, which also makes me think that it's impossible to break into. Yeah, I don't know if I would use the words wonderful. I mean, to me, this felt like you know, some nepotism, some... Well, we're talk we're yeah. all over the map. We should give some more context. I apologize to the listener. Uh, Waltrip essentially gets his start because he's good at go-kart racing and he wants to jump, do the jump to NASCAR, and he ends up like staying at Richard Petty's house with Richard Petty's kid. And Richard Petty is considered the king the man. of racing. Yeah. The so, Jordan, if you will. So there you go. That's why this matters. Yeah, at every point, yeah. So, I mean, how do you just break in as somebody totally from the outside? I don't know. I wish we heard more about how Michael Waltrip's older brother broke in. Yeah. How did that happen? It's yeah. just kind of like talked about casually. Well, well my brother raced. I was like, well, was, what, 17 years older? Yeah. Something like that. So it's not crazy to think that why should the viewer care because we already know who Waltrip is if we're watching this as a NASCAR fan. And we probably already know that tale. And also, what one-year-old knows how his 18-year-old brother is getting into NASCAR? Yeah, fair enough. He was out of the house. Fair enough. I'm, I'm wondering if I like these films and this one because of all the sports docs we're watching or if this is something I would recommend to anybody. I think the Tubi context makes it more important. It's a, it's on a free site. There's built-in breaks. And if you're a novice or a casual, it's a really good way to spend 90 minutes. Yeah, I think so. And I think added in the pandemic, it definitely gives it more context. And once, because I mean, what is, is Daytona is in like two weeks or no, a month and a half. It's February 14th, I think, this year. Are they going to do it with no fans? Yeah. So... Like th these races are coming up. Give give yourself some context of something that a majority of Americans find incredibly either important or at least part of their lives. I mean, I would love some more stats on that. Like, how popular is racing in America compared to other sports? I mean, how are we comparing? Are we comparing based on attendance, or are we comparing based on? Um, broadcast rights are we comparing on merch sales how there's a lot of ways to compare and I would say that this is more popular than hockey but not as popular as football basketball baseball so this this I'm very, completely uh, guessing here this is a suspicious list there's a there's a list online here you know based on TV ratings mm -hmm. and um, we've got American football one Basketball two, baseball three, soccer four, 
which is surprising to me. Ice hockey five, tennis six, golf seven, boxing eight, motorsports, and then wrestling. That maybe that kind of does make sense, though. I guess this I would around the I world or just figured, America. That's just America. I would figure motorsports to be higher on that list. No, maybe there are right. I mean, because does American football count also college football? It must. So then, yeah, that's obvious to me. Why that? And then you think of the giant tournaments that boost tennis and golf. So here, here's a better, and this is just a poll, uh, I suppose, but trend lines seem to suggest that auto racing engagement is going down. Okay. Gra- gradually. Um, which is interesting. Why? And I wonder. I, I wonder why. It's a long time doing the same thing. Yeah, but why now? Why would that trend line go down now? It's always been kind of boring, no? Yeah, if but... Anything, I would imagine it would get better with better camera angles and technology. Uh, I, I, I don't watching. disagree from a driver's point of view. I'm sure it's a totally different sport than it was 20 years ago, but just think of how... Dis- not disposable, but how easier it is to like watch tidbits of an NBA game versus a baseball game, right? Mm-hmm. Now... Race like races are the longest of all the sports, and you can't really package it in the same way. Hmm. Just a thought, obviously. Yep. Yeah. Is, is this, this our least informed conversation thus far about any sports documentary? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think so. Okay. <laughs> did this make you want to race ever? Well, I did. Wanna... The closest I ever came was the go kart track uh, at RFK. Oh, that's awesome. That was a definitely a um no longer there due to COVID. Um and I was a very, very good driver that won every race that people tried to hit all the time. Really? Yeah. Because I would like so box may, people out and stuff. You might have missed so okay, you were Dale. Yeah, I was a total asshole and I knew that it was okay because I had a helmet on and the worst that could happen was I'd spin out, you know? Mm-hmm. So whatever, why not? Dude, some of the crashes in NASCAR are terrifying. As a real-life driver, I am incredibly cautious and drive like somebody who the majority of life didn't have insurance. (laughs) So, like, I'm very cautious. There's a scene in this film where Waltrip has a really rough crash, and the entire car just vanishes. And it's like a cartoon. Yeah. Where he's just sitting there with, like, the steering wheel in his hands and nothing else. It's Do terrifying. you think you'd feel emboldened after that? No, man. I, I always wonder about that. Same with the Senadoc, where I'm like, man, after one of those, I'm out. Like, thank you. It's been a great ride. No more. I wonder if in their minds, what they were doing as young go-kart drivers was more dangerous. Ah. I'm Just because the gear isn't as good. If you flip over in a go-kart, you're probably going to have a worse injury than the majority of crashes you see in most every NASCAR race. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the safety protocols seem to be pretty extreme. And, you know, something that was nice is there hasn't been another casualty since Dale. It's Um, the same with the Senna thing. Same with the Senna thing, yeah. So there were definitely parallels there. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of really good reasons to spend 90 minutes with this film. What did you think of Dale's son? Oh, so I remembered him mostly as a Letterman guest because Letterman's a huge NASCAR guy. 
And Dale Earnhardt Jr. was essentially the face of racing for like a decade along with Jeff Gordon. So I always remembered him as like just a sort of boring-ish, millennial, babyface, cool guy, NASCAR dude. Like I know of him. He was supposed to be for our generation's answer to his dad. And it was fine. <laughs> like, you didn't do anything for me. I wasn't opposed to him in any way. Just like, all right, this is this is NASCAR's like clean now. That NASCAR's yeah, for right. He didn't seem very charismatic to me. Um, but again, it's like so much context is missing. Yeah. Based on how you grew up and where you grew mm-hmm. up, and I think that becomes evident. There's a point in this film where Waltrip joins the Earnhardt team, and. Earnhardt's team and son are kind of like, oh man, why this guy? Like, mm-hmm. you know, he hasn't won. He's not good. And his public image turns around because of a self-effacing commercial yeah. that he does. Could this happen and, now? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yes. And the way this happens now is somebody is a Twitter personality. I mean, the biggest you know story I mean? in 2020 in racing Happened to be part of the Richard Petty Motorsports team, which is the Bubba Wallace story. Mm. And this is not at all a fun story. I don't know it. This is the noose. This is the noose story. Bubba Wallace. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Yikes. That's the NASCAR narrative of 2020. But if there were, uh, if there was a NASCAR driver who kind of was part of the culture if you will the internet culture twitter culture sure. right somebody chiming in on memes or that's i think how you break through in the way that waltrip did on a commercial maybe maybe I, I i do think so because you get some of those athletes now where i i'm, I'm struggling to find one off the top of my head but in basketball joel Embiid a little yeah. bit like you know he engages fans and people outside of the sport by being really funny online mm-hmm. and saying funny things and doing funny things at press conferences. Um, so it was interesting to think about that and just how, again, these were probably that wall trip commercial is probably something you saw growing up in, I don't know, Tennessee. Over Maybe, and over yeah. and over again. But we never saw, I, I wasn't even familiar with that. Well, the nationwide commercials I know of NASCAR folks now are almost entirely motor oil based. Mm-hmm. So you'll see those whenever you're watching any sports. But other than that, I don't think there are any. No, and it's just, it's kind of reminds me of when you travel and go stay at a motel in mm-hmm. West Virginia or something and you see the local ads yeah. or even the national ads running in that market. You're just like, this is a totally different experience than mm-hmm. the one I'm having. And yeah. it's easy to forget that sometimes. Oh, you yeah. just think like, the way you talk about Michael Jordan, where you're like, this guy was everywhere. He was oh, just yeah. in everything, everything. You grew up in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course. In Tennessee, maybe they catch a few Michael Jordan spots. Maybe they know about the dream team, but I don't think they're like, Michael Jordan, what are you talking about, man? Michael Waltrip is all that's on my TV screen. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. It's kind of fucking weird. Yeah. It is interesting that like there is still regionalism in the age of the internet. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we, if anything, maybe this is great. We're going further and further away from monoculture, but that's maybe even better because regionalism will be the thing that makes everything okay again. Yeah, well, it still happens, man, right? It's like log into somebody else's social media accounts yeah. and see what comes across your feed. It's It still happens. It's just not 
it's it's catered to different things than just geographical location. Do you, you know think I mean? you will be following Daytona 2021 because of this documentary? Man, I'll probably forget. But <laughs> if the mighty algorithm wants to put it in front of me, you know what I mean? Oh, that's this is where this is where the algorithm needs to get better. I mean, it needs to know that I've now watched two racing docs, and it needs to remind me when I'm mindlessly scrolling, like, "Oh shit, Indy 500's on." I'll put that on, yeah. but I won't remember. Wow, a week after this chat, I won't remember to like check in on the Indy 500. But if it comes across my feed, sure. Wow, that's interesting. That's, to me, that's interesting. I think it's also the difference of someone that has a kid and not a lot of other uh, interaction with adults, I will remember when the Daytona 500 is and stuff like that <laughs> because it's something to look forward to that isn't based around a toddler's life. Fair enough. That's going to be I my remember. divorce from reality for that week. It's the week after the Super Bowl. It's easy to remember. It's the week after the Super Bowl. Okay. Yeah. And the week before the Super Bowl is the Royal Rumble, so I'll watch that. And the week, see, like that's how I'm now marking time. Sporting events. Mm-hmm. I'm with you, man. I mean, yeah, that's how I. But here's the thing: if I'm, if fingers crossed, if I'm vaccinated by the time Daytona rolls around, I will also probably forget it. (laughs) But until, as long as I'm living in this global pandemic lifestyle and not really leaving the house, I will. I am marking almost all of time by sporting events. All right, man. Maybe, maybe I'll put it in my Google Calendar then. Yeah. Yeah, I'll watch it. Sign me up. 